There's so many people in the world. There's got to right. be someone out there that's open-minded enough. To love a potato. To love a potato. He could work from home. On the internet, nobody knows you're a potato. This is true. And I'm sure there are several people in the world that would love a potato. Biblically, I mean. <laughs> right, right. There's got to be a tuber joke in there somewhere. <laughs> right? I was trying to get there. Hey there, story fans. Welcome to Almost Plausible, the podcast where we take ordinary objects and turn them into movies. Today, we're coming up with a story about the humble potato. I'm Thomas J. Brown, and the meat to my potatoes are Emily. Hey, guys. And F. Paul Shepard. Happy to be here. Now, I know for a fact that all three of us love potatoes. True. But what is your favorite way to eat potatoes? That's so hard. <laughs> There's so many ways. See, I like just baked potatoes. I know that's very basic. I'm uh, sorry, I'm a basic Irish guy. I like baked potatoes. There's, I'm, I'm trying to describe it and my mouth is watering just <laughs> talking about it. I make them in the air fryer. It's super easy, Ooh. super convenient. They come out very crispy. Spray on a little coconut oil. Put some salt on there. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Now I'm drilling. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good. I think mine would have to be like a home fry style fried mm. potato. I like the the big chunky cubes of like oh, a yeah. baby red or whatever. And just yes, drizzled in some kind of oil and heated and salt and garlic. And well, the correct answer was any way I can get them. So yes, that is correct. <laughs> Castleback is also really good, but it's such yeah. a pain. I like the like British style roasted where mm. they're like big chunky guys. And then you sort of like boil them to get them all fluffy but then you finish them in the oven so they got that really crispy exterior Ooh, do it with some gravy yeah. i also really like uh twice baked potatoes oh yeah yes. very good i think that there's just no wrong way there's no wrong way to, to eat, eat a, a potato. potato yeah except for raw, raw maybe yeah no nah, they taste like apples it's fine <laughs> <laughs> starchy apples mm -mm. yes well they are uh ground apples right palm de terre yep. yeah so there we go all right, well, Shep, you're pitching first today, so let's hear your potato pitches. Okay. An astronaut is left behind on Mars and has to grow potatoes to survive. <laughs> I feel like this one has appeal. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, a heist where they have to steal potato-based computer chips? Brilliant. That's Love a it. good one. Yeah. So have we already done potato? Because <laughs> we did chips, and it was potato chips. That's true. <laughs> okay, here's a real pitch that's new, possibly. <laughs> Knowing us, probably not. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, so I, I started typing it out. A scientist turns his microwave into a time machine. Then I realized, isn't there an anime that's based on this? Isn't that what uh, Steins Gate is, is? I've never heard of it. They send messages back on the microwave. I never watched it. I heard of the, that it's good. But anyway, a scientist turns his microwave into a time machine. And unwittingly, a family member tries to microwave a potato and accidentally sends it back in time, which messes up the timeline and wacky time travel hijinks ensue. So what gets sent back in time? Just the potato? Yeah. Okay. So this is like before baked potatoes were invented, and so it gets cooked and sent back in time, and some person is like, baked potatoes? Well, I never thought of that. Or it doesn't get cooked at all. It just goes back in time. Uh, uh, decades, centuries. Oh, my, oh It just wow. ends up in the early Americas and uh, plants itself in the ground and then spreads across North America. And then Columbus shows up and is like, huh. 
I was going to India and I ended up in Ireland. Wait, aren't potatoes from the Americas? Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. well, then never mind. <laughs> They're from South America, aren't they? Yeah, isn't that how they ended up in Ireland with Columbus and the discovery of the new world? Probably. I didn't know I had to know stuff <laughs> for this. I thought this was a creative writing exercise. It is. I just have this one vague knowledge. Emily, Emily how do you think they got there? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> So I have a few here. My first is a biopic about Antoine Augustine Parmentier, who is credited with popularizing potatoes in France in the late 18th century. One great trick that he had, because at that point in time, people thought, oh, potatoes are poisonous for humans, but we can feed them to animals. And there was uh, not enough food in France. And he was like, potatoes are great. They're delicious. They're amazing. How can I get people to eat potatoes? And so one thing that he would do is have armed guards around his fields, but only during the day. So that at night, peasants would come and steal the potatoes because they think, well, if he's got armed guards, that must be really valuable. That sounds familiar. I think I've heard that story. That story is also sometimes credited to somebody else. Mm. Uh, there's another, I forget who, there's another person in history who has a similar story. According to Wikipedia, the same story exists in Germany about Frederick the Great. Ah, there ah, we go. But okay. he could have just heard the story before. Right. And he's like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. a great idea. I'll just do the same thing. I don't think the peasants have Wikipedia. They probably don't know the story. I was going to say, it's not like the internet existed back then. Like, hey, could you write this but with my name? (laughs) (laughs) So there are over 5,000 different types of potato in the world. My next pitch is one guy decides to eat as many as he can, and he travels all over the world trying to find them. I love it. I'd love to do this. (laughs) Forget the pitch. Yeah, this sounds like my ideal (laughs) life. Yes. I mean, if you look at some of the photos of the different kinds of potatoes oh, that are out there, yeah. they are bonkers. They look so weird. And apparently they're all like different flavors and textures and are, you know, used in different preparations. Potatoes are really quite amazing. But he only does 4,999 and the last potato field is guarded by armed guards. How is he supposed to get that last one? Yep. My last idea and the most fleshed out of them. Uh, and it's also the least probable of them. A container ship sinks. A few people from the ship are stranded on an island. Several containers wash ashore with a random assortment of stuff. Galvanized nails, car breakdown kits, and potatoes. Lots of potatoes. Eventually, someone discovers an old broadcast station, but there's no way to power it. It clicks in someone's head that they could use the nails, copper from the jumper cables and the breakdown kits, and a lot of potatoes to build a giant battery which would power the broadcast equipment for a very brief time, just enough to send out an SOS. It takes a lot of work, but they succeed and are rescued. Okay, I have some thoughts on this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so potatoes don't, they're not batteries. Right. They're just providing the salt to allow the electrons to flow. Yeah. But did you know that a boiled potato works better than a raw potato? No, I did not know that. Like, Eight times better or 10 times better. Some large amount. Is it more concentrated salt? Is it less resistance in the potato? That's a good question. There was a paper on this like 10 years ago. I don't remember the details. But yeah, so boil it for eight minutes. Maybe that's where the eight comes from. Boil it for eight (laughs) minutes and it's 10 times as good or last 10 times as long. And then slice it so you have large surface area. So each potato is a half a volt, about. (laughs) So how many volts would it take? I see, I'm approaching it like it's a puzzle to solve. (laughs) I like this pitch a lot. All right, well, Emily, let's hear yours and then we'll decide. 
Oh, I think we've already decided, but <laughs> well, humor me. Well, we've got to hear at least we got to hear your serial killer pitch. Oh, so. yeah, that's a good one. I actually fleshed out a couple of interesting ones. Okay. A uh, man's life quest is to create the hardiest potato hybrid there is. He spends his life trying to germinate the perfect variation. He finally thinks he's found success at a very old age. He cooks one of the new potatoes, eats it for dinner. It's the most delicious potato he's ever eaten. Without anything added to it, it's the perfect texture. It's buttery and salty in flavor, and it's just fantastic. He goes to sleep knowing he's completed his life's work, but his one regret is that it happened too late in life. The next morning, he wakes up to discover he's become a young man again. He can now enjoy the success of his creation and live the life he missed out on the first time around. But he soon discovers there's a dark side of this unexpected fortune. He's growing eyes on every part of his body <laughs> as he slowly turns into a potato himself. Uh, what a twist. <laughs> yeah. I like how he starts as Norman Borlaug and ends as uh, Gregor Samsa. Right? All right. The one you're all waiting for, the serial killer one. Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Emily, let us get there naturally. He's making poison out of potatoes because they're poisonous to humans. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they have all that battery acid in them. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, you've guessed it. All right. A young woman finds a gift box on her porch one evening when she returns home from work. There's no note or a clue as to who it was from. She opens it, and it's one of those potatoes with a message on it saying, You're next. She enters her house. She is attacked. And the next day, her body is found skinned with the potato lying next to her. Soon there are more victims and more potatoes as the city is terrorized by the potato peeler. Also, her eyes are gouged out. Oh, yeah, that would have been. Oh, a good yeah, detail. yeah. Imagine being the detective who finds the your next potato and you're like, wait, I'm next? <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the serial killer is watching and he just follows whoever takes the potato. Yeah. Oh, it's a hot potato. Hey. See, you guys are helpful. This is making it brilliant. <laughs> Let's do this one. <laughs> All right, which one do we like? Much like potatoes, a lot of these are delicious. Very good, yeah. I think any of these would work. So I was leaning more towards the body horror one or the island one. Oh yeah, I like the body horror one. What's the conflict? Like, how, how does that one resolve? He gets killed by the potato peeler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking the conflict would be because he's wasted his whole life. So he's never had love. He's never had real relationships. So he kind of falls in love with a woman. And then he's slowly turning into a potato. So that's not going to be great for them. <laughs> oh, maybe she likes potatoes. <laughs> and he's kind of becoming a monster. Like I right. envision him like the fly style. Right. So right. Um, maybe the government kills him. There's so many people in the world. There's got to right. be someone out there that's open minded enough. To love a potato. To love a potato. He could work from home. On the Internet, nobody knows you're a potato. This is true. And I'm sure there are several people in the world that would love a potato. Biblically, I mean. <laughs> right, right. There's got to be a tuber joke in there somewhere. <laughs> right? I was trying to get there. So I feel like the containership one has a clearer arc. Right. But is potentially less interesting. Body horror can go super campy. I mean, a guy's turning into a potato, so I feel like... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got to be super campy. There's no... Uh, yeah. So... Does he become just like a classically potato-shaped potato? Does he still like a human-shaped potato? Can he move? 
Is he losing his mobility? Yeah. Is he Pickle Rick, but a potato? Right. <laughs> or is he a man and a potato? Is he a man-tato? Since I imagined it would start with like the eyes popping up, like I was thinking, you know, that little spot in your elbows where mm. the little dimples are, like those would be where the first ones would pop up. And he's like, what the heck's going on? Can he see out the eyes? That was the next question was, would would they be actual functioning eyes or are they like actual potato eyes? I think if we're going to go body horror, we got to go, you know, full on. He can see out of them and they are real eyeballs. So I guess he's a, a man potato. Like maybe he keeps his man shape and can move, but his skin becomes potato skin and he becomes covered with eyeballs and his hair turns into roots. Oh, yeah. Can he see out all of the eyes simultaneously or does he have to kind of sort of change his focus of like, I'm looking at this one, I'm looking at that one. It'd be hard to sneak up on if you can see out of all of them. Right. I kind of want him to be able to see out of all of them. But now I keep imagining that episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force where they use their <laughs> cloning device to give Carl the body of eyeballs. <laughs> yeah i think let's yeah he would see simultaneously out of all of them which would at first be very jarring for him because right. that would be really disorienting and you'd have to relearn how to function your body so i think that would create some tension and interest at least in one scene i mean if we're going camp we could push it all the way in both directions so he becomes a potato mm. but the eyes are actual eyes yeah also he can float and that's how he gets around. He just hovers. He's just a hovering potato. Is he potato-sized? No, no. He's no. like a gigantic... Yeah, he's man. He's like a six-foot potato. Right. That hovers. Yeah. What is his goal? When he becomes a potato, I mean. Mm. He wants to spread his good potato-ness to all the humans. Does he then become Johnny Potato Seed? Oh, if we're going camp, let's lean hard into this. Yes, and the way he distributes his seed. <laughs> oh, golly. I know where this is going. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Ew, but I love it. It's like full-on B-movie, ridiculous 70s, sexploitation, potato body horror. I don't think we need to go that far, but <laughs> love the enthusiasm. Where in the story, like how much of his I, life... I'm still thinking about his potato seed. Is it buttery flavored? That's my question. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. I mean, yeah, obviously. obviously. Okay, so this is what we're going with for sure. We've already started going down this route. We've passed the point of no return. <laughs> so, okay, so what are the... Like how much of the story of the movie is before he wakes up as a young man? Like at what point in the film does he wake up? Is that like like really early? Like yeah, I, it's gonna have I want to be like we're kind of getting the backstory through the credit sequence here, okay. watching him making the potato, and we could even go back and have him explain it to somebody else at some point. Oh, okay. So it opens up and it's like a documentary retrospective type of thing. He's being given some big award at the beginning of the film. And so this is like, you know how at those like award dinners, they play a little, this is your life type mm, of thing. Yeah. And here's why we're giving you the award. So it's in 1973, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then it ends and we see him and he's an old man and he comes up and he's like, oh, thank you so much for this great honor. And yeah, maybe he even says in that speech, like, oh, or, or he's giving an interview or something like that. And he says, oh, my only regret is that I dedicated my whole life to this, but I feel like I missed out on a lot of the other things that life has to offer. Okay, I'd like to make a small change. Unacceptable. <laughs> what would you like to change? 
Okay, so you open with that montage of like his successful life, yeah. but it's all in his imagination because mm. he hasn't succeeded. Ooh. That's the opening is he finally does the potato, right. but he's now an old man and nobody cares. People don't eat potatoes anymore. <laughs> right. They eat the boxed flaky powder yes. instant potatoes. Yep. Is that how you stop this guy at the end? You spray him with uh, liquid nitrogen and freeze dry him? Sure. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> the last shot is his casket being lowered down, but his casket is just a big box of instant mash. <laughs> oh, wait, if you bury him, he'll grow. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Sequel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually. All right, so we know A and we know Z. <laughs> so I like the idea of the montage at the beginning. You know, mm. he declares yeah. as a young man, I'm going to do whatever. And, uh, you know, you see him working on it and his girlfriend or his wife grows farther away from him and then leaves him and he's all alone and it's not working. Every experiment failure, you know, have the big failure X on a computer as right. if that's how science works. Right, right. And he just gets older and older and then he gets more and more depressed. And, you know, it's the the scene from Saving Private Ryan where he gets really right. old in one shot. <laughs> and then the computer dings or whatever. That's like success. It's like, oh, triumph. And he immediately eats the potato with no, <laughs> no further questions. Right, right. He goes, he bakes it. He doesn't even season it, but it doesn't need to be seasoned. It's the perfect right. potato. Yes. And he, I, a tear goes down his cheek. He's like, I did it. You see him shuffle off to bed, satisfied. Yep. And then he wakes up. Yeah. And he wakes up and he's young. Yep. Because we had that actor from earlier in the montage. Mm. Right. He just reused that same guy. So we're like 10 minutes in at this point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what's the first thing he does as a young man? He's got to have the disbelief scene. Yeah. Where, right. you know, did I fall asleep with my glasses on? I can see uh, everything. Yeah. Does he connect it to the potato? I guess they were right about GMO. <laughs> like, what else would he think it was? He can't at first. Right. Otherwise, you're going to speed run this movie. Right, right. You need that time to explore the mystery. He's a scientist. Oh, right? yeah. He's a yeah. potato right. scientist, but a scientist nonetheless. And so he's going to explore what has happened to him. It's a miracle of some sort, but miracles are just science that hasn't been explained yet. Right. So he's going to figure out what, how, how this miracle happened. Well, first he has to understand what the miracle is. Like, is he dreaming mm. or is this real? How does he determine that? Well, he goes outside and asks a woman out and she rejects him. And he's like, oh, I guess it's not a dream. No. After all. He asks a woman out and she doesn't reject him because he's young and handsome now. I guess that's probably what would happen. But then that's, that's not evidence of this is the real world. That to me is more evidence of him in a dream. Mm. what can old people do that young people can't uh i mean he'll try to read something you can't read well in dreams it's difficult and he can read just fine right, so it's right. yeah there's that how does he deal with people not recognizing who he is he's living in this old man's house and the old man is missing but people didn't really know who lived like he was sort of a hermit because he was working on the potatoes all the time uh, see, I thought we could introduce a neighbor character. Okay. Unless we don't want any other characters. Forget it. We'll just do a, no, a single no. room movie with no, no. one actor. No, let's add a, another a neighbor. Sure. Because I wanted there to be a love interest anyway. I was going to say, yeah, she could be like a younger woman who had moved in next door at some point. And 
Uh, that's really convenient. I thought that he would track down his old girlfriend that left him in the early montage. She's like 80 she's now. A, yeah. That's who he was in love with. And he doesn't realize how much time has passed. And so he goes to track her down. And she's an old woman, but her granddaughter is super hot. <laughs> I'm going to go for the convenient neighbor. Ah, it's so convenient. <laughs> Just like his old girlfriend's having an attractive young granddaughter. So if we're going for Beauty and the Beast, the fly, uh, King Kong, whatever, where he's turning into a monster and you have this romantic interest, you need that third party to bring the police in. Mm. so that the police come after him at the end of the movie for the climax. That's what the mm. neighbor's job is. Okay. So he goes out and sees his neighbor and he says, hi. And the neighbor's like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm, you know, whatever. And the neighbor, of course, doesn't believe he's the old man. It's like, oh, I didn't know so-and-so had a grandson. Right. They just assume, oh, you, you're a grandson with the same name. Mm. Right. And maybe that's what kind of clues him in like, oh, I need to be careful what I say. Yeah. Right. Of course, the neighbor later concludes that this is just some guy that has murdered, murdered the old the man, old man. Yeah. and is taking over his house. I just watched uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, and in it, he talks about like, oh, you think that it's going to be so easy, you'll just be invisible and you'll just kind of do whatever. But the reality is that like, it's super impossible, you can't do anything, and if you eat stuff, like people can see it inside of you. And it wasn't an amazing movie, but it did sort of talk about a little bit about like, it's not what you think it is. And so it's the same sort of thing. Like, right. oh, if I could wake up tomorrow and be a young man. Well, there are logistical challenges that you haven't <laughs> considered that are going to work against you. Well, yeah, because his driver's license would just show an old man. Right. Which he's clearly not. I mean, so everyone works from home these days and driver's licenses you can renew online and they just keep the same picture for years and years and years. So you just do that long enough and then you look like <laughs> your picture again. Of course, it will say that you're 180. Right. Right. Okay, so where does he meet the love interest? Does he go to find his... Like, why wouldn't he realize that time has... He knew that he aged. Why would he forget that his lovely lady friend also aged? I don't know if he forgot. Maybe he's just optimistic. Or maybe he wanted to throw it in her face. Like, she left him, and you know what? His potatoes are so amazing, they made him young again. <laughs> How does she like those potatoes? <laughs> or ground apples? Yeah. Oh, what if he takes the bus to get into town because he, he was an old man. He doesn't actually have a car anymore because he couldn't drive, what have you. So right, they took his license away. He sold it for money for his potato research. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where does, yeah, he doesn't have any money. He's poor. He's yeah. young and poor. He's That's young and poor. That's the worst thing. The best part of being old is that you have money and he doesn't even have that. He poured everything into his potatoes. I like it. Yeah. So he's taking the bus downtown for... You know, to do something. And he sees a lot of young people on the bus in love and canoodling. And that makes him think of his long lost love. And he just decides he's going to look her up to see what happened to her. What? Because he, he hasn't thought about it. He's been thinking about potatoes this whole time. He didn't even have a second thought when she left him. So now he's like, I wonder what happened to her. And that's why he goes to see her. Not because he thinks she'll be young and they can rekindle their relationship. And he goes to her old folks home where he meets her young granddaughter. She happens to be visiting the old folks home at that time. Well, yeah, she visits every Tuesday at 3 p.m. And that's the time that he happens to. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he discovered the potato on a Monday night and he spent all Tuesday morning <laughs> running around. I mean, it, it, it's possible 
he could go and visit her in the old folks home and say oh i'm you know norman or whatever mm. and she's like what no what are you talking about your grandson she's like no i'm norman and he can share with her stuff like only we would know this we had this relationship and she's like oh my gosh how are you young he's like it's the potato and they could just be talking for hours and then the granddaughter shows up it's less coincidental she could live with the granddaughter the granddaughter could just house her i like that one oh yeah okay he looks her up in the phone book or whatever the phone book what year is it (laughs) he is old he manages to find one somehow he figures out where she's living goes to the house rings the doorbell the granddaughter answers the door and his first thought is she turned young also yeah oh because he doesn't know it's the potato yet right he hasn't figured it out because this is day one hour three or whatever right okay good so he says mary and she's like oh yeah my grandmother she's here like what why would you want to see my grandmother person my age (laughs) she doesn't have any money (laughs) get your gigolo ass out of here (laughs) so is mary with it does she have dementia does she she's just old and living with her granddaughter because it's convenient and affordable (laughs) it's the other way around the granddaughter is living with her because she's young and poor right tracks It doesn't matter. So he goes to Caesar. He meets the granddaughter. Call her Sarah. And he's become smitten with her. I have a doubt. (laughs) But we can make it work. Give me a second. Okay. He is in love with Mary. Right. Okay. That's the love of his life. He's never loved another woman. He promised that they would get married after he finished his potato research. It just took a little bit longer than he anticipated. But he's done now. So he tracks her down and he goes to tell her the good news. Now they can get married. Meanwhile, she's had a whole life. Like she married (laughs) some other guy and had kids and those kids had kids. She has a granddaughter now. She's not interested in this guy from her past other than, hey, let's catch up on old times because there are so few of our friends Mm. in our circle group that are still alive. So let's reconnect, but not romantically. That part of my life is over. And so maybe she rejects him or maybe they catch up and they have a wonderful afternoon and then she dies because she's old. She's super old. And uh, what was the granddaughter's name? Sarah. Sarah comforts this guy who came to visit her grandma. They were obviously very close and he's distraught. He's distraught over the apparent love of his life dying. So Sarah's there to comfort him. And then that blossoms into a romantic relationship. What is it that he tells Sarah? Why does Sarah think that this young guy and her old grandmother were good pals? I mean, does she know the truth? Grandma had been taking classes at the community college for figure drawing, and he was the model. And grandma has Riz, so. (laughs) Oh, he goes and cultivates more potatoes because he's going to make her young. He's going to make Mary young. But then she passes before they're ready. Okay. So it's extra tragic. Like it was so close to happening. So this isn't just in one day. This is like over the course of a while. And so we think this is the trajectory of the film. Oh, that she's going to churn young with him and they're going to have this blossoming romance. Right. It's going to be, is it Cocoon where everyone gets young? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you you think like, oh, it's like that. Like, oh, they're all going to be young. He's going to get all their friends. They're all going to eat the potatoes. They're all going to be young. No, that's not what happens at all. Maybe the mid-second act turning point is she dies or something like that. 
And we're starting to see weird little things. His skin's a little flakier than normal and strange like lumps on his body that are itchy and kind of it hurts when he rubs them. It feels strange. And uh, you can have a part, just a little detail, but don't point it out that when he's crying over Mary's death, like spots of liquid show up on his shirt where the lumps That's are. Good, yeah. And so the first half of the movie, we set up this fake story arc. Uh, to sort of throw the audience mm-hmm. who hasn't watched the trailers for some reason. Uh, and then the the second half of we've, the film. We've subtly, we've hidden it very right. well. It's everything everywhere all at once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of eyes. Yeah. yeah. This tracks. So this is an A24 picture. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. It all lines up. Uh, and so then the second half is the metamorphosis aspect yes. of it where yeah. he becomes the potato man. Or yes. man potato or whatever. Man, mentato? Mentato! Yep. All right. Well, this seems like a good time to take a break. When we come back, we'll see the conversion from man to potato. All right. We're back. Norman has just lost the love of his life, who he was going to try to make young like him by feeding her one of his potatoes, but she has passed away before he could do that. So now, does he have a bunch of these potatoes? Yeah. Yeah, he has to have cultivated a bunch so that you can have the horror finale where he is trying to spread the potatoes and get Mm -hmm. other people to eat them. Put them, replace the potatoes in a potato chip factory or something. Set it back in the 90s so there's baked potato bars in all the restaurants. (laughs) At what point does he realize he's turning into a potato? He's like getting a little heavier set too. Yeah, and he's getting a little more... We decided he was going to be potato shaped. I mean, we went pretty hard into that at one point, but I feel like maybe this story is not going quite that far. Okay, okay. So he's like a, a humanoid potato. Well, we've mentioned that he's getting these little bumps and they're itchy right. and they kind of hurt if he pokes at him too much. Well, and I really like the image of one being like right in that elbow right dimple. On, on his elbow, yeah. So I think he should just be kind of nonchalantly not thinking about it, itching that spot and he flakes off part of his skin. And then we can do an actual like cut to like, you know, what would that eye see? See his finger poking it, and then he's like, ah! And then we see that there's a blinking eye on his elbow. Yeah, I mean, if he's seeing out of all the eyes simultaneously, then all of a sudden there's like his normal stereoscopic vision, but also some other thing. And yeah, his finger's there, and he's like swatting around in front of his face, and maybe he loses his balance or something, because all of a sudden there's this other totally bizarre angle, and... I mean, at first, that would also be very confusing because it's still not obvious that he's turning into a potato. He just now knows he has a new eye on his elbow. Yeah, he's got to go to the doctor. Oh, yeah. What doctor would he be able to go to with no insurance, no ID, no money? Free health clinic. He's got his Medicare card. (laughs) He doesn't have a picture on it. But he doesn't have photo ID either. Uh, This is a movie... So he just goes to the free clinic in town. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that works. So how campy is this movie? I'm curious what the doctor is going to come back with his test results. Blood sugars off the charts. Yeah. Are you made of carbohydrates? Yeah. Your A1C can't be this high unless you were literally a potato. 
Spoilers. <laughs> oh, this is after he started gaining weight. Yeah. Yeah. So the doctor's like, oh, it's because you've gained weight. Because that's the excuse for everything. Mm. <laughs> Get off yeah. the couch and exercise. Because he's a couch potato. Right. That's the doctor's assumption. This will make my elbow I go away? Exercise? You won't know until you try it. <laughs> Look, this is the free clinic. What did you expect? <laughs> They send him out and he's just wearing an eye patch over his elbow. <laughs> Problem solved. Okay, goes to the doctor and the doctor is dumbfounded. He's like, I, I don't know. I've never seen this before. Did you absorb a twin in utero and it's just coming out now? Oh, tumors grow teeth and hair and all sorts of weird shit. So maybe he has a, He must have a tumor on his elbow. Yeah. Tumor or tuber? Hey. hey. So that's the doctor explains it away that way. Yeah. It's a tumor. But good news, it's benign. So, hey, lucky you've got a third eye. He and the gal getting a little closer. Yeah, they got to have sex at some point before he turns too far. Right. He can have too many eyes when they have sex. Although. They can have sex and then all of his eyes open up as he climaxes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I like that. Let's do that. That's good body horror. So does she run out screaming then? Oh, but see, I wanted her to comment on his semen tasting buttery. Gotta have two sex scenes. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's not yeah. the first time they've had sex. The first time, right. she just gives him a BJ and right. very buttery. Yeah. And not in a bad way. Yeah, she's like, this is gonna sound crazy, but it tastes <laughs> like, like butter? I can't believe it's not butter! <laughs> I don't think they'd be too thrilled with that line. <laughs> so yeah, okay. that's the first time. Oh, yeah. So that's the first time he's just got those little scabs, you know, here and there. And then he has the eyeball, the one eyeball open. Then they have sex again. And then all the eyeballs. open. Oh, and they're both freaking out. She's freaking out because he's covered in eyes and he's freaking out because he can see in all these directions at once. And it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yep. So she runs out. And do we ever see her again? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the fly. It's Beauty and the Beast. It's King Kong. It's she's going to try to love the monster for the man that he is. Okay, but he wouldn't be able to get out of bed for a while. It would take getting used to. Oh, yeah, because he's going to be constantly throwing up and dizzy. Right. He has to get that new muscle memory for how to control the lids of all the eyes. And Yeah. Well, and he has to actually get that muscle memory of how to move his body now because he can't. Yeah. Oh, that would be so like you'd throw up from like moving your limbs with eyes on them. You'd be like, whoa, whoa. Right, because you'd see movement, but you wouldn't feel movement. Right. Right. So then do we see him like he's got like a long sleeve shirt and like pants and stuff. He's covering up as much of his body as he can to cover all the eyes so they can't see anything. He's just looking with the two normal eyes. Yeah. Okay. At first, that's his like initial solution. But then as he becomes more potato, he gets used to that. He starts to develop the ability to use those eyes and so right. by the end of the film he's basically just what going around naked yeah yeah he's it's not a disability it's a superpower yeah that's what he's got to come to see it as does his genitalia disappear do we just have a like ken doll smooth if you want to have him run around naked towards the end of the film then yes mm-hmm. let's keep that pg-13 rating or he could be like hulk style where he's just wearing some shorts uh he's just wearing a potato sack skirt when does his skin become potato skin? It's got to be after the eyes. Yeah. Like he thinks there's something on his skin and he tries washing it off and it doesn't come off. Right. So he's started to wear the clothes, the turtleneck and gloves and long pants. And he goes and finds her 
and kind of is like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. You know, does the whole, we can work this out. And then he goes about his days kind of wearing the gloves and then he goes to like take a shower or wash his hands. And that's when he notices the, the skin is kind of become more waxy. Right. It changed when he couldn't see it. Right. So he didn't even notice it. So he does. He thinks it's like some kind of rash that he's developed from wearing the clothes covering his skin for too long. Yeah, that's good. Why was he trying to create these perfect potatoes in the first place? Um, For nutritional value to feed hungry people and give them a tasty meal. So when does his attitude turn from benevolence to malevolence? From his perspective, it's still benevolence. He's trying to solve world hunger. And he realizes ever since he became a potato, he hasn't needed to eat so much. Just spend some time in the sun. That's why he's naked all the time. (laughs) Get his feet in the earth. Yeah. Feels really good. Yeah. And so he wants to convert all of humanity into potato people for humanity's benefit. Imagine if there were no more hunger. Yeah, because then you wouldn't have to have cattle farms. You wouldn't have to have all this food manufacturing that's causing pollution. You're solving so many problems at once. Not only are you solving world hunger, you're solving carbon emissions. You're solving energy dependence. You've kind of convinced me. I'm kind of on Potato Man's side. (laughs) (laughs) He's like the ultimate environmentalist. You just need water and light, and we have those two things in abundance. Oh, is he Swamp Thing? Did we just make Swamp (laughs) Thing again? Does he convert her into a potato, Sarah? No. No, no, he can't. Because that's the fly where he tries to join the two of them without her consent. Uh, And she's like, no. He does, I think, try to convert her. Yeah, but she doesn't want to. Right. She did not agree to that. She loved who he was, not the monster he's become. Yes. Is he forcing other people to become potatoes without their knowledge and consent? Yeah. Yeah. You got to, what can he do? Oh, he goes to the homeless shelter and decides to work in the soup kitchen and just throws some of his potatoes into that night's soup. Yeah. There we go. Now we have a scene where all the homeless people get converted to potato people and run rampage through the town. Why are they not like him? Why are they angry and evil? Yeah. Mm. Well, he didn't do anything to the potato that he ate. It was a plain potato. Oh, if you put salt on it, it makes you crazy. Yeah, yeah. Salt and yeah. pepper. Well, it's because it had sour cream. It turned them all bitter and sour. <laughs> yes. That's the campy answer we're looking yeah, for. I'm <laughs> great. Yeah, let's do that. I was like thinking of logical reasons. You know, it's <laughs> a different batch of potatoes than the one that he had. And, you know, he messed something up, but he could fix it. He's a scientist. But no, they added sour cream. They turned sour. Yep. So I feel like the potato people have to be able to just create new potatoes themselves. If oh, we want- when he was growing the second batch. Oh, and this will make the logical part of why they would be bad. He has to add something so it grows faster because it took so long to grow the potato that he ate and he was growing it for the love of his life. Right. Potatoes take months. And he was trying to make it go faster. So he did something. He added an additive to it so it would reproduce quicker. Right. They want to produce faster. So yeah. they're driven to tackle people to the ground. And shove the roots in their mouth and turn them into potato people. <laughs> yep. How does he feel about the angry homeless potatoes and their, you know, violent conversion of other people? Is he just sort of like, well, 
I mean, it's turning people into potato people, which is what I wanted, so... Are they calm after they've turned other people? Because then he could be okay with it. Like, yes, they are violent and crazy for a while, but then they turn it back to a, a person. They're just a potato person. And like, that accomplishes his goal. Like, this wasn't by design, but he does want to convert the planet. Honestly, I would love it if... He, like you said, Shep, goes to the soup kitchen and he has baked potatoes and he has intentionally brought sour cream because he knows that this will make people sour and he need and it's just like, sure, okay, fine. Right. He's a scientist. Yes. He's, right. he's concluded this is the result of his theorem. <laughs> Add sour cream. I just see the, the chalkboard or the whiteboard. Or the AI on his computer says like, oh, well, if you do this. Right. He asked the AI, how do I spread potatoes yeah. the fastest? And that's the solution. He had ran the calculations. Add sour cream. Add sour cream. Right. Can't argue with that. It's science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else do we need to figure out for this story? What happens to him at the end? Well, we said that he dies, right? Yeah. How do we get there? So he converts the people and they run yeah. a rampage. Do all the potato people die? Does this stop spreading? Because otherwise the world would become potatoes and there wouldn't be a sequel. All the other potato people have to die. Yeah. Yeah. They have to die or they have to be contained. I guess they don't have to die. Well, what are you going to do with a bunch of potato people? Right, because they could just like make their way into the ground and spread that way. One, they're scary. We don't understand them. And if I recall the lyrics to that song in Beauty and the Beast, we fear what we don't understand, so we have to kill the beast. Well, that checks out. You can have a line earlier about how these days, you know, nobody knows their neighbors. Society's all divided. But then you see the town come together as a group to mash all these potato people. Mm-hmm. Make it be very patriotic with the American flag in the background and, <laughs> and have them like murdering the potato people that are calm now because they've already spread. And like, right. I'm stopped. I'm, I'm, I'm not a threat. Calling the National Guard to cordon off the town. Yeah. Yep. What do we call this? Attack of the Killer Potatoes? Uh, Wait a minute. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, there are so many different ways to prepare potatoes. I think you could have Jason's a guy with a flamethrower who's like roasting the potatoes mm. and Masher. Yeah, mashing them and someone Hasselback. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's people with like machetes and stuff and they slice them all up into bits. Oh, they use a, a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, and it just yeah. And you see the potato slices shooting out like a salad shooter. Yeah, you, see, you see French fries shooting out. Like. Oh, you have like a grate. You just hit them with a big grate, and then you well, see the yeah, fries. Yeah. <laughs> so a bunch of stuff like that. What happens to him at the end? Oh yeah, right. Well, they figure out he's the source, right? Do they figure out he's the source? Does Sarah turn on him? No, I think Sarah comes back to him because he's he's lamenting his wrongdoings. Oh, sure. She comes to him like, you need to control this. Oh, maybe. And they're watching it on the news. Oh, she confronts him. Look what you've look what you've reaped. Yeah. You, yeah, you've become a monster because she knows he wanted her to become a potato person. Yeah. And she refused. And so she knows exactly what's going on. She's like, you, you've turned all these poor people, innocent people into potatoes against their will. Right. And he repents and he's sorry. And he's like, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. We can live in peace separately. And that's when the police show up and shoot him. Okay. Because his neighbor called the police because this young guy is taking over his neighbor's house. Do they break into his house with a buttering ram? I mean, a battering ram? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, they see that he's one of the potato people, and so right. they just shoot him. And then there's a funeral at the the credits sequences. Yeah, it's her crying over his grave. Right, right. It's like a it's like a real slow zoom in on his grave stone on the headstone, and then it gets real tight. It's filling the frame, and it sort of stops. And then up from the fresh loose dirt, these vines just kind of crawl up around the headstone. Yeah. And they have yep. the little potato flowers on them and everything and freeze frame and put it in the can. We're done. <laughs> yeah. yep. Sounds good. All right. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode about a potato. Was it all eyes on us yeah. or just small potatoes? Let us know by leaving a comment on our website, reaching out on social media or sending us an email. Links to all of those can be found at almostplausible.com. We'd love it if you could give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that has podcast ratings. And if you leave a written review along with your five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show at some point in the future. Emily Shep and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of Almost Plausible. that we picked this one this is great this is very funny i gotta tell you the truth i was not sold on this at first yeah <laughs> but Neither the deeper I. we go <laughs> the deeper i dig the more there is to this potato man <laughs>